Late at night, after a long trip through a hilly part of New England, Esther and I decided that we had had enough. The sky was dark and raining, and we wanted to look for a place to park our little camper and get some sleep. On our new cell phone, we had GPS, the global positioning system that relies on satellites above the earth to provide information about location and give directions. Using this device, we had located a shopping center a few miles from the interstate where we could park for the night. On the cell phone, we had pressed the Find Directions button and saw a map. A blue line showed the route leading to a red dot at our destination. We were confident that we could follow these directions. While I drove, Esther watched a moving green dot that showed our progress. She just had to tell me when to turn. Soon, however, we were surprised by turns onto smaller and smaller roads. When the blue route turned down a winding, narrow path, barely wide enough for cars to pass, I couldn't believe it. Are you sure this is right? Yes, Esther said, there's the green dot. I could see we were still on the blue route. Finally, however, Esther told me to turn onto a narrow path that led up a very, very steep hill. I said, I can't take the camper up that hill. I'm not going. So, in the dark, we studied the green dot. We knew exactly where we were, but we didn't know how to get to our destination. We felt lost. And then we saw the problem. Instead of pressing the GPS button for a vehicular route, we had pressed the button for a walking route. We laughed when we pressed the right button and saw that the vehicular route would take us a short, drivable route to our destination. So often in life, we think there has to be a better way. We find ourselves in some difficult circumstance. We have a destination in mind, but how can we get there from here? Again and again, stories in the Bible describe how God's people found themselves in such circumstances. After the hopeful beauty of creation, they repeatedly lost their way. Following their exodus from Egypt, God gave the law, but many times the people took shortcuts. 
The shortcuts seemed attractive at the moment, but soon led to oppressive and deadly consequences. God had given a map, but often the people couldn't or wouldn't follow the recommended route. After losing their way, the people suffered under the rulers of Egypt and Babylon, and finally in Jesus' time, under Rome. The Hebrew prophets saw that something had to change if the people were not to suffer repeated failures to keep God's law. The prophets predicted that God would provide a better way. And in today's reading from Jeremiah, the Lord says, The days are surely coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another, for they shall all know me, says the Lord. Jesus probably had those words in mind when he spoke of establishing a new covenant. He spoke at the Last Supper during Passover time. In Deuteronomy, Jesus would have read the commandment to love God with all one's heart and about how God restores hearts after people break their covenant with God. Isaiah said that God promised to give the whole world a complete makeover so that the whole world will be filled with God's presence and glory as the waters cover the sea. Jesus focused on this hope at Passover over time. Instead of looking back to a broken covenant, Jesus looked forward to a new covenant. And by this covenant, God finally would liberate the world from the power of death. Jesus' disciples obviously struggled to understand how this would happen. At the time of Jesus' death, when he did not resist, they all would run away. Some of Jesus' followers probably thought it would have been more realistic to stand their ground and fight the Roman oppressors with violence. Even Jesus' disciples apparently needed the events of his death and resurrection to change their minds about how revolution would come. After the resurrection, Jesus' followers came to understand that Jesus the King also is Jesus the priest and Jesus 
the sacrifice. In all these roles, Jesus demonstrated the new covenant's self-giving way. When people are ready for this new way, they will be drawn to it. In today's reading from the Gospel of John, we learn that at this Passover time, the disciples brought some Greeks who wanted to see Jesus. Possibly John included this reference to foreigners in order to show that the new covenant is for the whole world. Jesus said to these Greeks, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Somehow, Jesus' coming death and resurrection will be God's victory over what Jesus calls the ruler of this world. This ruler seems to be the power behind Caesar, the power that uses Caesar for destructive purposes. Such destructive power is active in our world today, and we live with its corruption and injustice. This evil power destroys the goodness of creation and brings death. In the face of this destructive power, Jesus said he will draw all people to himself. To draw people is to welcome them without pressure. We are here today because we are drawn to the new covenant that Jeremiah envisioned and Jesus announced. On the way of this covenant, we sometimes will suffer. We may be misunderstood. We might even lose our lives. In today's passage from John, Jesus says that if a grain of wheat dies, it bears much fruit. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that means Jesus invites us to come and die. Of course, this also is a way of great joy with the power of God's Spirit. Well, how does this new covenant look to us today? In the New Testament, the Beatitudes describe the sort of people through whom Jesus wants to rule the world. Followers of Jesus are earthy people who bring light and salt. The poor in spirit receive special blessing because God's rule appears through them. On this way, we walk with the meek, the mourners, those hungry for justice, the peacemakers. People are vulnerable and gentle. We see self-giving love in action. Such people form incubators that reproduce 
what is God blessed? Some of these incubators are churches. Churches are story centers where we retell how God's people have been called out of darkness through the fog to the way of light. Today, we will go from this meeting house and live our own stories. Our stories continue the biblical stories. We can see the day coming when all will know God's way because it is written in our hearts and seen in our lives. Recently, I heard Esther read to our grandson from Cornelia Lenz's children's book. She read about storytelling in an African village. At the end of the day, all the people in the village would gather together. In the quiet, no one knew where a story would come from or who would tell it. Everyone waited until finally one of the villagers would say, I see it coming. These were the exciting words that signaled the start of the story. Let it come, those in the circle would shout. And then the storyteller would begin. On Sunday mornings, I often notice Hannah pushing Shirley in her wheelchair to join us here. And I see it coming. Sue and Cal lead us in renovating a house for a homeless family. And I see it coming. Midge, Nancy, and Robert help the Nazareth Hospital serve Palestinians. On Monday nights in our church basement, we share a meal with hungry in our community. Phyllis and Merle guide Mennonite World Conference innovations. Mem and Don travel south to install electrical service in homes after a storm. Pat brings a flower on lots of Sundays for someone who participates in the worship service. Moses brings a newcomer from Ivory Coast to our worship service. Titus helps to defuse cluster bombs. Chuck travels the world so microfinance is transparent and fair for the poor. In these and many other ways you know about, let it come. Stories from the Bible and from our own community help us to see what it will look like when the new covenant is written in our hearts. But this new covenant is not our way unless we consent to its terms. This requires us to choose a navigational system. When I turn on the GPS device that now is mounted on my car's dashboard, I see these terms. Do not attempt 
to enter route information or adjust this device without while driving. Failure to pay full attention to the operation of your vehicle could result in death, serious injury, or property damage. You assume total responsibility and risk for using this device. I regularly press the agree button to accept that little covenant. But on busy days, I don't always think about agreeing to God's new covenant. Maybe I need to push a button for that too. I hope that even on those busy days, stories from the Bible and from this community will be so much a part of me that I will know the way by heart. I hope that my attitude will be that of Christ Jesus, who humbled himself as a servant and was faithful to death. Today, all of us are invited to press the agree button, to sign the contract, to close the deal, to live into the new covenant. God offers this covenant to all who accept the terms. This is the new global positioning system. Let it come. <laughs>